The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man looks like he wanna fight. He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth. Running to errands, hanging out with some pals this weekend, and a big topic of conversation was what is going on with the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, Gabe was not here on Friday when we were discussing the Corbin Burns situation and Burnsy being traded to the Orioles and what that means for the Brewers going forward. My take on it was I'm gonna trust. The organization right now, I'm going to trust that they can still put together a winning team until proven otherwise. And that may come midway through the season, three quarters of the way through the season. Can't say right now, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Not everybody out there felt the same way. There were a lot of people who were screaming about, this is your window. How are you going to get rid of a Cy Young player like Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns actually responding to the trade this weekend uh, he was talking to Foul Territory TV, saying he was shocked by the trade. I was shocked, um, definitely. This it being this late in the spring, like you say, with some of the the, the moves that the Brewers had made to you know to, to better the offense and um, kind of get some more depth. But um, yeah, whether it was now or July, um, it's probably better that it was it was now, just so you know, you know, going in, you're getting a full season of work with these guys. You don't have to jump into Jump into a new team midseason, trying trying to learn things on the fly while you're in the middle of the season. So now at least get you, know, you get six weeks, you get to meet everyone, you get to get that uh, you know the relationship going with the catchers, with the infielders, just really everyone that it involves um, you know, having a full healthy season. So um, probably definitely better that it happened now, knowing that um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But um, yeah, I was definitely shocked, um, and there was shock when when I called my agent and he was like, "Wait, seriously, wait." You know, it kind of goes counterproductive to what they, uh, you know, some of the sentiment, uh, the comments that were said with uh, the Hoskins signing. So it was definitely, I think, caught everyone off guard. Um, I think the only people that didn't catch off guard was the. Gabe, you were not here. You did not mm-hmm. get a chance to react to it, and you are our resident baseball guy. So I'm very curious to what you thought when you heard that Corbin Burns had been traded. So I was, I was surprised because again, at this point, it just kind of seemed like they were going to maybe follow the blueprint of what they did when they first made the playoffs back in 2007, eight, whatever year it was, when they you know went all in, they traded for CC Sabathia, did all these things, didn't trade in any better way, decided to get aggressive, and I thought that was something that you could do. Or even in 2011, when they decided to hold on to Prince Fielder and ride that out, they didn't trade him, didn't get anything for him, clearly would get a comp- now would get a compensatory pick if... You know, Corbin Burns ended up walking away, which they end up getting in this trade anyway. But for those upset about the Hall, it's different now. Like when you think about what the Brewers gave up for CC Sabathia or Zach Greinke, that teams don't do that now. Teams hang on to their top prospects more than ever because they're the young, controllable assets. If you want to go out and splash, just like in football, like. Teams don't want to spend so much money, and now I understand in football that you have the salary cap. But the 49ers are able to spend extravagantly because at key positions, like quarterback, they're not paying anything. So if you go out and spend a ton of money in certain positions, you still need to have cheap, young, controllable talent. And teams aren't willing to deal their top-of-the-aligned prospects, their number one, number two guys, 
for a rental. And that's what Corbin Burns is probably going to be for, for the Orioles, for sure. Like, I, I don't I don't foresee the Orioles giving him Top dollar. the bag. Mm-hmm. He's going to sign elsewhere. So it's a one-year rental, and probably this was the best the Brewers could do. They end up getting their shortstop of the future, because that's what Ortiz is going to be. He's going to be your everyday shortstop, maybe even this year if they end up trading Willie Adamas. But they, they get that and a, a guy that they think can be in their rotation going forward. It ends up being a haul that... While it doesn't, oh man, we we got this guy, we got this future stud. That's not the way it works anymore in baseball. Teams are getting smarter, and they don't want to trade those prospects for somebody who's just going to be a rental. And the Brewers were able to clear the $15 million, as we know. We discussed that on Friday. While also getting controllable assets, I think cumulatively like 12 years of controllable assets with the guys that they got from the Orioles. That, to me, to your point, is a priority now for front offices. How long can we control where these guys are? How long do we get to dictate... Uh, how much they're making, where they are going, as where as far as where they're playing and whatnot. So that, to me, makes a lot of sense. Do you think that they were burned by the Prince Fielder thing? Do you think that the Prince Fielder situation played a role in how the organization handles those types of assets going forward? No, because they knew what they were doing with Prince. Like, they knew at that time, and, and Grant, I mean, that's a few, few generations removed at this point in terms of front office managers, that whole thing. But they knew what they were doing back in 2011. They knew they could only offer Fielder or Braun. They decided to go with Ryan Braun and let Prince Fielder walk. But they did that knowing that they had a really good team together and they were able to get some prospects back after they were able to trade Zach Grinke again. So I think they were completely fine. I don't think they were burned by it. It's just, this is the way this organization has to operate. It's the same thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Rays. The, pro- the difference is, people actually like the Brewers, where there, there aren't actually any fans of the Rays, right, so, Chu? So, like, you're down at Tampa, well, but nobody wanna, actually goes to Rays Here's what I want to ask, Chu, though, because, Chu, you have preached patience on the Buck side of thing with Doc Rivers coming in in the middle of the season. I know it's not apples to apples. There is a difference there. But do you think that people should be giving the Brewers the benefit of the doubt? Do you think people should be giving the front office the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these moves? Yeah, because they don't make this move right now if Woodruff is healthy. Yeah, that, that Woodruff became unhealthy, then it's like, what are we doing here? We just we lose our number one. Our number two is going to be too expensive for us to play. They were going to move him eventually, or Gabe, they would have used the one-year rental term on him if they were at the top of the power rankings. Yeah, would you agree? I would agree. They probably would have just let him go at the end of the year. Hey, we made a shot, or we won the World Series with Woodruff, but... Like I said, once Woodruff became unavailable, there's... You might as well move. See, and I think that's a really fascinating theory. I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting, too, in that if you have both of those guys, you're actually in a position to do mm-hmm. some stuff. You're actually in a position to contend. But once you lost Woodruff, it was like, we got to change course. We're not on this path anymore. We got to switch to a different path. And then it didn't make sense to be holding on to Corbin Burns. Instead, it was like, let's try to win with these other guys. Let's try to win again. I think that the lineup this year, projected lineup, looks better than it did last year. And that was always it. And it could just be as simple as Hoskins. It really could be as simple as inserting him in there. Although, to your point, I think that people are expecting big things from Ortiz as well. Yeah, I mean, offensively, we'll wait to see what he is. But Jackson Churio, sure. yeah, Jackson Churio having Garrett Mitchell back in the lineup. I think offensively, there's reasons to be excited about the Brewers. But I think in order for them to have a legitimate like shot that they had in eleven, that they had in seventeen, where we're talking about, oh, maybe they can do some, make a good run in the postseason, maybe make the World Series for the first time since '82. I think the most realistic shot is to Chewy's point. 
is if Woodruff stays healthy, I think it's more enticing to try to keep the band together. And once you once you don't, then it's like okay, we need to more we need more than just the compensatory pick we're going to get pivot. for for Corbin, Bur- Corbin Burns. And- so instead of keeping the window now, let's pivot to see if we can open up a different window and do it relatively quick because these two guys seem like they're going to be major league ready pretty fast. And uh, I know power rankings aren't until tomorrow. But I just they just had uh, power rankings come out for their winter list, and the Brewers are 13, which is not horrible. No. Right? Make some, make some noise after that. Rashi, what's the grunting about? In the middle of the pack, great. That's, that's kind of the whole story with the Brewers and how they've performed. So what's good enough for you I, this year? Playoffs? I, I, I'm not even talking about this year. I'm just talking about cumulatively. The Brewers have had the organization in the best point literally any of us can remember besides 82 when they make the World Series. You have the best pitching staff in team history. You have the manager everybody wants. You have all these assets, young assets coming up, and you got one playoff series win out of it. Like I can't help but feel disappointed by what happened in this era of Brewers because you had everything you needed and they fell short of making a good run. You can tell me all you want about the market factors and all of that, but the game is winning. That's what you need to do. And I understand the Dodgers can spend a lot more money than the Milwaukee Brewers, but if you don't feel in some way that you fell short, like how much do do I believe that Corbin Burns wouldn't be traded if Woodridge is healthy? Like not really at all. They traded they traded Josh Hader in the middle of a, a race for the division. Like all these assets who are going to demand money are tradable to the Brewers at any given point, and they aren't going to retain those guys. That's just the matter of the fact to me at this point. Well, See, when they Josh get toward he... the end of it, but I mean, like, so Jackson Trio is not getting traded tomorrow, Josh. Like, there, no, of course there are other not. things He's to be 19. excited about. But, but you're not even talking about trading. You're not t- talking about trading Corbin Burns. Not, not specifically. It's, it's holistically. Yeah. It's, it's organizationally. It feels like. It feels hard not to feel disappointed and like we didn't get everything we could have yeah. out of the best situation is, in Milwaukee history. I get it. Which is fine. I, I think that's fair. Like I think that's fair in terms of that era of Brewers baseball, but does that mean because you're disappointed with the last six years they shouldn't have traded Corbin Burns? Uh, I think I it, it's not the, it's not specific to the Corbin Burns thing, but the Corbin Burns thing hammers home a point that I think is consistent and it seems to be there's there's obviously two sets of Brewers fans here. There's people who are Stockholm syndromed who are telling me how great the uh, young guys are, how great the farm system is. Well, that doesn't matter to me. The farm system's been in great spots before. Where's it gotten us? And when Jackson Churio ends up and we no longer have club control but he's MVP level athlete He's going to walk away, and the Brewers aren't going to do what they need to do to end up in a World Series or even an NLCS. Well, and look, when you're when you're putting all of your eggs in the prospect basket, I think you have to be concerned. I think there's always that idea of prospect means you haven't done anything yet. You're hopeful that they will turn into something, and that's why people who kind of like attach themselves to the farm system annoy people like Joshy, who are like, sure, we have all of these potential superstars, but we don't know who is going to pan out. What I think... Joshy, the point that you made to me earlier today was if it didn't work out over the last six years when you were in such a good spot where you had this fantastic rotation, where you had the manager who everybody thinks is one of the top in the league 
and you couldn't get through the playoffs. And I know it's different season to season. What is it about this year or anything going forward that makes you optimistic? Right. Why, why, should, you, why should I ever believe? And that's why Joshie was saying on Friday, Gabe, and I would love for you to respond to this. Man, it's tailgate season. Don't talk to me about baseball season. Talk to me about tailgate season because I'm going to go out to the ballpark. I'm going to enjoy some pops with my friends in the parking lot. Maybe I roll in in the third inning. Maybe I don't. Maybe we just hang out outside because right now he's not convinced that what will be happening on the field will be better than what happens in the parking lot. Entitled Town apparently has made its way south. If that's if that's the type of Brewer fan you're at, because like I actually remember when it was tailgate season. When that team was going to lose a hundred games. Like they put a good product out there. They put on a competitive team, an entertaining team to watch that is going to give you a chance. Like if you don't want to be hopeful, then you just don't want to be a fan of baseball. Like you don't want to be a fan of everything because that's all you can do any year with any team is have hope. And that's all this team is trying to do is trying to extend those years of hope. Like they can't afford. That's just the, the the fact of the matter. And whoever buys this team after Mark Antanasio, if he ever sells it, they're not going to be able to afford all the things that the Dodgers get. Like they paid Christian Yelich quite a bit of money, and it didn't work out in terms of the MVP level guy that you thought you were going to be getting for the duration of that deal. And that stinks, but it also hamstrings the franchise in terms of going out and doing other things. So now they're trying to do the best with the the, the hand that they were dealt. And they've been able to go to the playoffs. Like, they've gone more in the last six years that Joshi is bitching about to the playoffs more than any other time Get in em. all the other years yeah. in franchise history combined. You like, know, take that, baseball, Josh. like, and, and you take a look, like, the hope, the hope is what you saw the Diamondbacks do this year, man. Like, the Diamondbacks weren't a more talented team than the Brewers, they got hot at the right time. And that's what you're hoping for. Same thing with what happened down in Tampa. Like, if you want to be Debbie Downer fan, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. But that just means you don't actually want to be a fan of that team. That means you don't want to be a fan of baseball. You you know who made the playoffs an awful lot? The Milwaukee Bucks under Herb Call. You know who doesn't own that team anymore because they weren't doing enough and they had to make transitions and there was all these changes made? It was the Bucks. And the Brewers are in that same spot. So if you want to... Be deluded by the fact that oh we made the playoffs we're in the dance. Well, Great. but they're not even just. Game they're, but one it's different. Yes, no, but yeah, but it's different. It's different than they're winning the bleeping the division. I, I don't like the Bucks weren't care. ever one of the top teams. Like the the Brewers were hosting a lot of these playoff series. The Brewers have gotten to the point where they've been the best record. They've been that top seed. I wouldn't say that the Brewers this era were like the era of um of, of Herb Cole owning the Bucks. They performed realistically in the, playoffs the same. No, realistically, outside of the one, the, the the Bucks getting the championship, it's been more like now. The, the, they end up in the top half of the league. They end up in the top part of their division, where they're one of the better teams in baseball, despite all those other things happening. Yes, the playoff series have not gone, but the Brewers have been favorites. They've disappointed. I can't defend that. I absolutely cannot. But it's not like they haven't had a good enough talent where those Bucks teams that are trading for J.J. Redick to get the eighth spot, you did that and you knew you were going to get boat raced by the Heat. Yeah, you could, J.J. Redick is Jesse Winker is whatever. Like the, the teams are making similar moves. You just don't view them the same because they happened in different ways. It, I'd, hang your banners. NL Central competitor. Great. We made it a couple times and we won it. But what do we do with it? Jack squat. Like, baseball is like it's, it's about winning. It's about getting your opportunities in the postseason. 
And you know what? Yeah, they got they lost two games. Like the Diamondbacks got hot, made it to a World Series. You just have to keep giving yourself those opportunities in baseball. Like putting this football mindset into baseball is not the way this thing works. It's just not. You have to get there, and you're hoping that you get hot because that's what every, literally every other team in Major League Baseball does. Like spending all the money like the Dodgers do, what has that gotten them, Josh? It's gotten the same damn thing that the Brewers got. A lot more wins. We're going to put it on the poll, the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter poll. Are you more aligned with Joshy, who is frustrated by the Brewers' lack of postseason success when they had a lot of things going for them, or are you more optimistic like Gabe is? We'll put it on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy poll. Just about the Brewers going forward. Are you frustrated with them going forward, or are you optimistic about them going forward? Gabe? Doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. That's where mentality comes in. Local healthcare facilities specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. Look, mentality has helped me. They can help you as well. I had, I, I had some low testosterone issues. I didn't even realize it. Feel tired, groggy, just kind of feel, oh, I'm getting older, just kind of comes with age. But it doesn't have to be that way. Mantality can help you feel like you again. It's easy. Go to Mantality, get a blood panel done. Within a week, your results are back to you. And then if your testosterone levels are low, you can make the decision if you want to work with them or not. I decided to work with them and now I feel great. I have that energy to attack and get through my day. Same can happen to you. And it, th- my favorite part about it, it's not one size fits all. It is a customized treatment plan just for you. So go to LowTUSA.com. Mentality loves treatment to fit into every guy's lifestyle. Learn more about Mentality. LowTUSA.com. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Where else can you get football analysis that includes things like dropsies and pixies <laughs> and intercepts and flowy? It's flowy. flowy. The offense needs to be more flowy. On 94.5 ESPN. I win. If you missed any of the conversation between Gabe and Joshy, Chewie and I were more observers. <laughs> did you enjoy your segment off, Chew? I think you should talk this entire that was time. The moderator. That was fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say, did you hear him in the background going, get him? <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, you can catch it on Wisconsin On Demand or wherever you get your podcasts. want to very quickly turn back to the Packers because every first Saturday of the month, Mark Murphy puts out a Murphy Takes Five. And sometimes there's interesting stuff in there that we are able to, you know, talk about here on the show. And other times it's more like, oh, it happened and we move on. But there was there was a uh, submission this week where someone really came after Mark Murphy. I'm going to read to you the post, and then Gabe, you read. Do you have Murphy's response? I do. Okay, yes. So I'm going to read the post, and I'm going to do my best, like <clears throat> dramatic reading. <clears throat> I am emailing today to express my disappointment and dissatisfaction with the franchise and its direction during your tenure as CEO. I believe it is long overdue for you to retire and give control of the organization to someone else who is more properly prepared to take the team into the future. Your leadership has been inept. You do not deserve to lead such a storied franchise. Please disappear into retirement. Nobody likes you. You have never been a good executive. I wish you the worst. 
in your twilight years. <laughs> it's a really Whoa! strong ending. <laughs> Nobody likes Nobody you. Li- <laughs> is always like the poor man's. Well, everyone agrees with me. Like, you're not. Is com- it or is it the rich man's? You're everyone not agrees with me. Comfortable enough with just the. This is how I feel. You need to rally the invisible troops to also show the strength of your argument. So. In Mark Murphy's defense, I thought he handled this very well. Thanks for sharing your opinion, Justin. I also appreciate the 11 other emails you've recently sent with similar suggestions. I get your point. You will be pleased to know that I'm required to retire in July 2025 under our bylaws. Yeah, I kind of like it. What do you think, Chu? Uh, good for him for taking it on. He could have discarded it. But 100%. Make it one of his five. I love it. He knows that too. Well, and I mean that just goes with the job. I, I've you know? been I've been anti Mark Murphy at times, but it's mostly just because he decided to appoint himself football mm-hmm. czar of the of the Green Bay Packers. Like, had he not done that and kept yeah. the organizational structure yep. the way it's been since Ron Wolf took over back in the nineties, but I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I could say anything bad about Mark Murphy because business wise, things are booming. Things are going great. They're yeah. buying up land all yeah. over Green Bay. Like, yeah, the drafts. That was his baby, too. Thank you. And that's what I was going to say is like when you sit there and you try to uh, grade out the Mark Murphy era in the Green, in Green Bay Packers history, like he got the draft to Green Bay. Yeah. Like in addition to like the success that the teams have had and the title town and all that stuff and the kitty being like Scrooge McDuck's vault, like there's been a lot of positives. With the Mark Murphy era. And I think when when the draft comes to Green Bay next year, I think that will be the crowning achievement. Now, would you like for it to be a Super Bowl under his, you know, tenure and whatnot? Yes, that would that would be obviously. But in terms of professional and personal accomplishment, like honestly, Mark Murphy probably had more to do with getting the draft to Green Bay than it did his the Super Bowl that the team won under his tenure. But that's the function of the president. Yeah. It's not to be involved 100%. in football operations. How long has that's he been there you... now? Because he, he would have been in, in charge 07? with the... Seven? That's what I was saying. He would have been in charge when they won the Super Bowl. So yes. he has not just the draft that we were talking about, but he also has a Super Bowl under his belt. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 06, 07, right around there he took over because he oversaw the Brett Favre thing, you know, when, when Brett left. They won the Super Bowl in 10, so he was up there for that. But honestly, he did have more to do with getting the draft here than he did winning a championship ring. So so my question to you is, is the, the author, the person who writes in, who has written apparently 12 times to voice his displeasure with Mark Murphy, is he wrong? He's wrong, isn't he? Like, get away from the nobody likes you because that's more of a subjective thing. But, like, (laughs) Mark Murphy's tenure, guys, I feel like has been more successful than unsuccessful. Yeah, the the one complaint I have is him appointing himself. Like, And I still hate that to this day. That is, it is a huge glaring, like, just red light that I see just, "Mm, I don't know, Jim, we'll see how this works out. But everything else, again... The growth of Lambeau Field and making it more, in, continuously making it more than just a destination for eight or nine regular season games, like that's that's happened under Mark Murphy's watch, no, and that's his a, job. Yeah, he did a lot of great things. He put the upper level on the south end zone as well, too, right? Yep. So it's yeah, and and I get what the uh, the texture is saying when it comes to you know, making, injecting himself into football decisions. That's something uh, Bob Harlan never did. He passed that off to everyone else. So I, and I'm with him on that point. I don't think he 
he should be involved in football operations, and I don't know whether it's the old, hey, I played the game, I know what it takes, because it doesn't. The game changes so much. You're out of touch. Um, but the function of, of making money for this organization, I think he had two stock sales, right? Yes, I think he did. I think there are two, two stock yeah. sales in his tenure. Maybe he'll try to get one more. We got to get to break here and talk to Rob Domofsky. But the one thing I want us all to ponder, and maybe we can get back to it, is: Is there anything or situation that's gotten you so mad you've sent would send twelve emails? <laughs> because I've never, I'm hardly ever one email yeah, mad about. Chewy something. waited fifty minutes for a wine last week. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they didn't firing off twelve emails in that time. Well, based upon the the, the uh, segment you had with Gabe, would the Brewers get three, Joshy? <laughs> Uh, that's about a six for me. <laughs> you fire off six emails no, to the Brewers? No. You won't Yelp a restaurant, but you'll write a comment yes. card for the Milwaukee Brewers? <laughs> I will not. I'll go on this air and and try and prove my point. Invent? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Have you guys been to Pottawatomie Casino Hotel yet? It is in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, right near AmFam Field, actually, an all-new Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. There are table games. There are bars and restaurants. There are slot machines. There's the thrill of bingo, full-service sports betting, and more. So if you are ready to light up your senses and spark something new, check out my friends over at the Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, one of my favorite spots in all of downtown Milwaukee. You can explore more at their website, paysbig.com, paysbig.com. ESPN's number one source for green and gold information. What's the biggest mistake that new quarterbacks make? Turnovers. And he hasn't had it. And mating rituals. The Shed Aquarium in Chicago was one of my favorite school field trips. <laughs> and I believe there were dolphins there, but they left that out. Our most musically inclined and bald guest. Wow, well, I'm a little, it's only love. It's only love. It's Rob Domofsky on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Huge fan of Rob Domofsky. Love having him on the show each and every week during the football season. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jen. How are you? We're good. We just had a heated argument about uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, but we're going to pivot back to the Packers because Aaron Wilson reported that Zach Orr was offered the defensive coordinator job in Green Bay. What is your understanding of how all that went down? Yeah, I was told that only one offer was made. Now, they also um, claimed last time around that they never offered the job to Jim Leonard, which could just be semantics here. It could be one of those things where they said to Zach or, hey, you know, if, if we offer the, you the job, will you take it? And, he, you know, maybe he said, no, I'm going to do this or, or, or whatever. So I think there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, gymnastics with the language here. Um, it would not surprise me if um, Zach Orr was their first choice or anybody from the Baltimore uh, coaching tree was their first choice. Um, I'm not so sure that it necessarily matters um, if he was or if Jeff Halfley was or was not the first choice. He is the guy. There's been a lot of guys. Uh, Bo Ryan wasn't the first choice of Wisconsin when they hired him as basketball coach, and that worked out pretty well. Um, so, you know, I think I think the, there's probably some truth to the fact that they probably did want Zach Orr, um, whether they actually offered him the job or not uh, is, is apparently unclear. Rob, we heard from Jason when it comes to Goody and LaFleur. I'd like to hear your take. How well do they get along, and how much do they work together? Like, 
do the scouts collaborate with uh, position coaches to get their input as we approach the draft, or does Goody do that all on his own? Well, I think the yes and no, I guess, is the answer to that, Chewy. Um, the, the whole beginning process is all the scouts, right? Like, they've been out at the college games. Um, they've been at the all-star games. Um, I think it was telling last year when the coaching staff didn't even go to the combine. Um, now, more and more coaching staffs around the league are not going to the combine. And um, I do think that Goody wants the coaches to feel like they're involved, but I'm guessing he wasn't heartbroken that they decided not to go to the combine or that Goody told them not to go to the combine, one of the one of the two. Um, but but when they get right up to the draft, the closer they get to it, yes, they will give um, they will give the coaches, you know, for example, they'll give um, you know the running backs coach Ben Sermons, they'll give him 10 guys to look at, right? Hey, what do you think of these guys? Can you write write us reports? Does that mean they listen to him? Doesn't necessarily mean that, right? Um, I do think that more than ever, um, that the the two staffs operate independently, um, at least in Green Bay, more than they ever have uh, in the past. I think it was it's always been, you know, quite a bit collaborative. Um, I don't know if the structure where Goody and Lafleur are on the same level, and Goody's not his boss. I don't know if that impacts, you know, sort of the change. Uh, but I do think that um, it's definitely the coaches are definitely less involved than maybe they had been uh, historically here. Rob, did you happen to read this month's Murphy Takes Five over at Packers.com? I did, yes. <laughs> um, you know what, Gabe? I, I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, yeah. Um, no, what's, what's always hashtag, interesting to me. Hashtag nobody likes you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're talking about me. Uh, what, what What's interesting, Gabe, to me is that Mark Murphy gets to choose the question. I know. That's like, why I love like, it. <laughs> it's not like it's not like um, someone there p- p- says, "Hey, we got these five emails. Uh, you have to answer these five questions." And in in the past, he has answered some questions before that that I'm like, "Why did he even answer that?" It just doesn't, you know, puts it, makes them look bad. I think it was it was something during the, uh, the you know the time where it was unclear whether Rogers was going to be here or not be here, and he answered some question that just. It kind of made him look bad. And, hey, I guess you tip your cap to him for answering the questions. But sometimes, you know, sometimes with Mark and whatever you think of the job that he's done as president, you cannot deny that sometimes he puts his foot in his mouth, right? I oh, mean, correct. like, I just I just think of the um, – at the girls' high school state tournament uh, was that last offseason or the offseason yep. before when – I mean, he's there to promote the high school state tournament, and he basically says – you know, we'd, we'd rather move on without Aaron Rodgers, but if he wants to come back, well, I guess we'll take him back. You know, like, I mean, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of Mark's public, um, you know, uh, missteps what? at times. But, um, you know, whatever you think of him as a president, he definitely has done, you know, some strange things when it comes to his media stuff. But the real question is, Rob, have you ever been so upset by something like Justin M. from Tucson, <laughs> Arizona, that you've emailed 12 times about it? Not 12. The closest I ever came, I think, was probably, I'm going to guess, four or five, six emails to um, a certain hotel chain that uh, freak, that, that sports media people frequent uh, because I got hit in the head with a falling piece of ice coming off the roof of their hotel, and they claimed they were not responsible for it. And um, I, I, that, was a, that was a heated debate that I eventually won. I wonder what the equivalent is for phone time. 
because I spent cumulatively close to five hours on with Royal Caribbean recently <laughs> when we had a very rough experience. I feel like five hours on the phone wow. is, well, not at one point. It was like four different calls. I think that's they, way more than 12 emails. That's way more I than 12 I think you're right, like, especially from a time commitment standpoint. I do want further from Rob. Uh, since they believed they were not liable, was it you? Yes. <laughs> you were liable? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to keep your head on a swivel when you're the under the... <laughs> Yeah, I walked under the over, you know, the overhang at the front yeah. of hotels when there's like yeah. a circle driveway. Walked in there. I have, you should, my head was bloodied. My glasses were shattered. Oh. Um, did you go to well, a I did end up getting 100,000, I almost said, well, I'm going to say it, Marriott points. I was going to ask if it rhymed with Chariot or Shiat. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a Marriott loyalist. I stuck with them. They, they eventually wow. did me right. Wait. One hundred thousand points. Yeah, yeah. They offered me twenty thousand at first, which twenty thousand basically will get you a, f- a free night at a Fairfield Inn. Okay? <laughs> so we'll not settle it. Not that there's anything wrong with the Fairfield property. Good for you. I love that you're still loyal to that. <laughs> Cash once is you, king. Once you find a hotel brand and you travel that much, man, you don't want to change. Well, but it also it's the points, right, Rob? I mean, once you start collecting those like, points. I, I, Dave, I've been there so long. I've got, you know, I don't want to start over with status at um, another place. So. I get it, man. That makes I'm, sense. I'm not committed at this point. <laughs> Rob, what do you think the reaction to the Pro Bowl and the way that they have kind of evolved this thing is. Uh, it seems fun. I've seen a lot of clips. I will admit, I did not watch any of it. I have only seen the clips that have been shared on social media and the few that have been above my head on Get Up this morning. Do you think that the general reaction is positive? I guess I'd like to see what the ratings are, Jen, because I don't think our network would be into it if if they weren't getting ratings, right? Like, we would find a way out of it. So people must be watching. I did... I was flipping around while I was watching college basketball yesterday, some great games. Uh, but I did actually flip around, and, and probably for the first time since it became not a football game, I actually watched like maybe like five plays. Uh, I think four of them were incomplete passes that I just happened to watch. I was like, what, what's going on here? Um, but I will say this. For whatever you think of it, it did look like the players were having fun. Um, and I think when you see, as a fan, when you see people out there smiling – having fun, joking around. Uh, I don't know what it's like for, you know, right there on site, but the mic'd up stuff was was pretty cool. I'm a sucker for any time you can hear, like, mic'd up stuff. Access. And, and behind the scenes. Um, that, that stuff's just, I, I love it. I mean, I'm a total, it, I don't even have to like the sport. I, I would watch mic'd up soccer, probably, and I am not a soccer person. <laughs> what an endorsement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> big access. Like, when we do college game day, our bosses are always like, access. Access, access, access. The more access we can provide the viewer with, the fan with, the better off the show is. And that's why we do the mic'd up segments on the field before the games. That's why you want to see the guys' faces. You know, again, there's always that age-old philosophy of football because the guys wear helmets and face masks and whatnot. May not be as front-facing as some of the other sports where you can recognize the guys easily. And it did seem like this was an opportunity, again, to get those guys out there. And they looked like they were having a great time. Yeah, I, I think like the best thing the team website, like the best thing the Packers website does is post that 90 second like uh, Matt LaFleur in the locker room after a win thing. I wish they'd do it after losses too. <laughs> that would be more entertaining, but well, um, that's just stuff that we can't we can't get to or the regular 
you know, regular fan or, or even regular media person doesn't get. And that's how we learned that Joe Barry got a game ball after one of those <laughs> yep. games late this season yep, as he was holding right. it there in that access moment. Rob, we appreciate hanging out with you. We'll talk to you again soon. We get one more week, I think, after the Super Bowl, and uh, uh, we get we get through it again. We'll have to play boys to men end of the road, apparently, and we play you out on that one. Rob, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. He's Rob Domofsky. Follow him on social media. He has all of your Packers insight each and every day on those platforms. You guys remember me talking about being at the State Fair and seeing a sauna. We've all had those moments walking through an expo center and thought, ooh, I would like to own that. Let me tell you, the purchase I made of an infrared sauna from Good Health Saunas was fantastic. Why? Because it has actually made my life better. And yes, it is an investment in my future health, but I am reaping the benefits already. My skin looks better. I am sleeping better. And you know, in the fall, my life is super hectic. So anything I can do to detox from the chaos and the challenges of life, I am all in. And I think you will have similar results if you invest in a good health sauna as well. Find the infrared sauna that is best for you on their website, goodhealthsaunas.com, goodhealthsaunas.com. Oh, cue to call, 800-990-3776, 800-990-3776. Our second segment of Superb Owl Squares coming up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. I mean, pumpkin seeds. No, 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 um, little, little suckers. They might be. What did you say before, Jen? Sesame, sesame but those seeds. are white. Like yeah. No, white. these aren't white. No, no, this isn't on the outside. This is on the inside. Seeds on the inside. Oh, yeah. so you've got some sort of like... Scrotum. (laughs) On 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. Moving things around this weekend. Everybody knows this is moving. I've got the new house, but, you know, you're busy with the move and getting everything ready and situated. You don't have time to sit down and make something. And that's where Palermo's came in and saved me this weekend. Always have some Palermo stocked in the freezer, whether it's going to be the old place I'm living, whether it's the new house I'm at. I'm always going to have Palermo's because, look, it's something that tastes great. You're going to want something that doesn't take a ton of effort. All you got to do is throw it in the oven and you still get a great tasting pizza because they have so many different brands. Palermo's Urban, Pie, Connie, Surfer Boy Pizza, Screaming Sicilian, just to name a few of the brands that are under the Palermo's roof. So they're going to have a great pizza slice for your appetite. Whatever kind of pizza you're looking for, Palermo's has you covered. Find them in your grocer's frozen food aisle. Palermo's flavor is our family's business. Here we go. It is time to play Superb Owl Square. Second time today. I already had a winner earlier in the first hour of the show. So here we go. Let's go out to Sam in McGuanago. Sam, you're up first on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy for Superb Owl Squares. You ready? Yep. Who is the only starting yeah, quarterback to win the Super Bowl wearing number three? Who is the only starting quarterback in the Super Bowl to win it wearing the number three? Russell Wilson? <laughs> nice. Now we're on a roll. Well, for as long as the first one took. <laughs> I was a little nervous. But you said you thought this one, you know, maybe with the connection to Wisconsin, yeah. maybe that three is just such an identifiable, like, unique number for a quarterback. You thought that somebody might get this one right away. Yeah, after getting the first five in a row incorrect, our listeners have now gotten the last two correct. I was going to say Rick Meyer, but he probably didn't play in the Super Bowl. No. No, he did not. Played with us in Green Bay, though. He did? Yep. Yeah. He wasn't on the Super Bowl team, though. 
No. Good guy. Bust. All right, so we have two people now on our... I know. <laughs> I know. I, did, I didn't want to just sit She's, there on that. You said good guy. She, she was done with the rest. Hey, bust. At least I didn't go as hard to the hoop as... Justin? The email. <laughs> Murphy. Nobody, I said nobody he likes was a you, good Rick guy. <laughs> nobody likes you. Uh, so that is two winners who have been entered into our superb Owl Squares board. Remember, we play twice a day for the remainder of the week, and then, of course, our winner will be decided on Sunday in the big game. Check out uh, official contest rules, ESPNWisconsinContests.com. Whoever wins gets an autographed Mark Tremura sign and framed jersey. All right, we put a bunch of things on the polls today. A lot of Brewers content, um, even though we did talk about the Packers and the defensive coordinator and Mark and uh, Brian Gutekunst, et cetera, at the beginning. Do you want Goody taking input from the new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley, in the draft and free agency? 81% of people are saying yes, need collaboration. And we did talk to Rob Domofsky about that a little bit, and I'm sure we'll talk to Jason about it tomorrow as well. We're not saying that we expect there to be no collaboration. I just guess I'm saying I think it should be more than it has been. Even with Matt LaFleur, who has famously, you know, kind of claimed to have been on the outside looking in on some of these personnel decisions, Gabe. Again, I'm just saying, when you bring a new guy in, put him in a position to succeed by asking him implicitly and specifically, who do you want, what do you need to win? They need. He needs to spend a lot of time early here with Jeff Halfley. Just, okay, what kind of defense are you looking for? What kind of players do you need to succeed? Not... Specifically, who do you need in this draft? But just having an understanding of the type of player, and then it's up to Goody and that coaching staff to find players that they think would fit into what the Packers want to do. I mean, and that again, Josh used the example earlier today of 2009. They go out there, they hire Dom Capers, they're making the switch from the 4 3 to the 3 4, and the first two things that they do to make Dom Capers happy all right, you've got your guy who's going to be in the middle of that defensive line and B.J. Raji, and now you've got your pass rusher in Clay Matthews. And granted, those ended up being two home run picks that worked out, but that's that's what they did right away when Dom came in. I don't know enough about Sean Mannion, Shu. What are you hearing about the Packers? We know that he is joining the staff and he will work with the quarterbacks. Should I be excited about this? Is there any reason why? I guess my, my initial reaction, if I'm being honest, too, was I was nervous because I was like, oh, crap, what does this mean for Tom Clements? He's had such a good track history of developing quarterbacks. But Tom Silverstein reported this weekend that that Clements is not going anywhere. So Mannion is what? What, what, no, what should I No, expect? but Clements is also into his 60s, right? I mean, and to me, he seemed kind of half-retire once. And then the whole Aaron situation got him out of retirement. So, yeah, you got to have someone. So Manny needs to learn from Clemens as well because Clemens is probably going to retire fairly soon. They're just being proactive instead of reactive. So it's actually a pretty good move. Yeah, having young player. I mean, again, that's how everybody who loved and fell in love with the idea of having Al Harris be the next Packers defensive coordinator. Like Al started as like somebody's assistant. Right? If you're a former player, you got to start somewhere in the coaching ranks. And having some sort of plan then for when Tom eventually does want to step away is a good thing for the Green Bay Packers. We pivoted to the Brewers this morning, and Gabe got to give his reaction to the news that Corbin Burns had been traded to the Orioles and what that means for the Brewers going forward. How do you feel about the 2024 Milwaukee Brewers? Optimistic or 
it's tailgate season. So that's the distinction we are making. Is it baseball season and you're excited about every pitch and you're excited about what the team can do and win series and maybe make a playoff push? Or are you resigned to the fact that you'll get more enjoyment from hanging out in the parking lot, having a few pops with your pals? 65% of people right now, guys, are saying it's tailgate season. 65% of people are saying that's where I'm going to have more enjoyment than what is offered on the field. And that could change, right, if you start to see that things are clicking and things are working out. But right now, that seems to be where the fan base is. Also, and I loved this theory, do you agree with Chewy that Corbin Burns would still be a brewer if Brandon Woodruff was healthy this season? It's 50-50. 50% of people saying yes, it changed everything, the Corbin Burns injury. And 50% of people saying no, Burns was always getting traded. I think it's the timing of it, though, with the Burns thing, right? There was a thought that maybe people would use him at least for the first half of the season and then maybe trade him before the trade deadline. I mean, yeah, but it may, he's going to have his highest value now before the season. Because if you're a team like the Orioles, wouldn't you pay more for a full season versus a half season? 100%. But he is a rental for them anyway. As you said yeah. in the show, they're not going to be able to pay top dollar to keep him. He's going to get the bag from one of these big-time teams who you hate seeing get another asset, but they can spend the money to do so. Yeah, and that's the way it's going to go. I think the Brewers did the best they could if they wanted to trade him. You know, they were getting the compensatory pick anyway. They end up getting it this year versus next year, you know, if Burns would have walked away and— they have what they think is their shortstop of the future. Tim weighing in on the ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. That's how you can get in with the show every single day saying Major League Baseball has a problem. They should start a different minor league system and put the small markets like Milwaukee into that. Teams like the Brewers have to consistently rebuild and be perfect and hope for luck to avoid an injury like Yelich's kneecap being shattered into a thousand pieces. I will follow the Brewers, but I'm frustrated by the league in general. Thanks for hanging out with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Will D. and Tasha's next on ESPN Milwaukee. We'll see ya.